Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I'm Jordan, with me is Luke. How are you, Luke? I'm doing well, sir. Welcome to the show, one and all. It's been a minute. It's been a it's couple been a of weeks. We had stuff going on. Business. Yeah, we got some business. Our boy, Carrie. Yeah. Shout out to you, brother. Congrats. Big old wedding. It was a lot of fun. It was a great wedding. He hitched. Like they were meant to be. Indeed. Yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. We had a good time. We had a nice time. Absolutely. We did. Yeah. It's a good venue. Rained a little bit, but it's fine. Worked out great. You know, I feel like how I used to be is I would get sick like once a year. No. Right. I hate to blame my problems on my dear sweet daughter. <laughs> but I don't know. I see a correlation there where I'm getting sick like every other month or so. <laughs> Jeez. Right. That's too much, Jordan. And it, and it doesn't even last very long. It's just like it, and it'll come on me. It'll come upon me and I'll be like, oh, boy. Oh boy, why do I why am I sick all of a sudden? I'll just be like making dinner, and I'll right. be like, and I'll sit down, and I'll be like, oh, well, I feel terrible. Mm. Where did that come from? That is rough, especially when you get to wake up the next day and go back to work. Absolutely, awful, yeah. terrible. But I don't know. I don't know what the deal you is. Feeling okay right now? I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling yeah. pretty good. You're on the on the way back. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like two bad days where I was just like, what? I like woke up. Yep. You know when you just hawk up, you're like, you spit up. This is disgusting. You spit up just a nightmare. You're like, what in the world oh, yeah. is inside of me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like. I could go further, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. I think that's this enough. <laughs> demon that came out of me. <laughs> Good news is it's out. <laughs> it is. It is out. Took some doing. Glad you're but... feeling better. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. How, how has the last couple of weeks been for you? What's, what's your life been? Been like? good. Yeah, my uh, my wife had her friend Melissa and uh, her husband come and stay in our house for a few days, and uh, we had a good time. We got to do something that I've only done. Actually, technically, I don't think I've ever done it. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of like two other times. So, so. I'll lead into what we did by starting off with the two other times that I don't know if they count. So I, I've had crab legs at a buffet once. And then the other time I was at a conference for, you know, pest control, the work I do. And they had it catered with seafood boil. And so they were like, you know, you come through with your plate, get what you want. And then, well, not, they serve you, but I was able to go back through. It was delightful. So anyways, those are the two times I think that might count, but we went to a sit-down place and we had the full like crab boil, seafood boil, whatever you want to call it, where they bring out the bag and they like open it up and <laughs> like explodes in your face. Delicious yeah. flavors like come out. Um, my mom's actually calling me. Uh, yeah, you can answer that. And while you okay. do, I think, I think it's okay. Oh, okay. Um, there's there's reasons she might need to talk to me right now. Anyways, um, so yeah, we sat down and had ourselves seafood boil. It was a lot of fun. I just I hadn't gotten to do that, um, 
but like I said, those was one or two times, and I just had forgotten how, you know, messy it is. But, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It kind of you know becomes the activity. You got to be careful because you can get it all over your clothes. But, Did you go to a local one? Yeah, we went to that. Uh, Mr. Mrs. Crab. Mr. Mrs. Crab. Yep. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. I Very think there, there's only the two that I know of. There's right. like the, the one closer to you. Swamp, swamp oil. oil and, which I think is a terrible name. It sounds disgusting. Yeah, like they're going to give you like uh, a rock and some uh, moss-covered yeah, <laughs> sticks. Like, I don't want swamp in my boil. <laughs> right. But I've, I've heard they're good. Have, have you gotten to go there? I have. I've been to both places. Oh. They're both very good. They're both on equal caliber. Um, I will say with Swamp Boil, there is... Oh, by the way, I think your mic's unplugged. Um, I, I just kind of realized that. I don't know why I always realize it Like while we're in mid-recording instead of our... It shouldn't be. Is it, is it not? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm tripping. But I, I always notice it when we start recording and not during our, like... Uh, our uh, pre-banter or whatever. But no, Swamp Boil is good, but the thing that's, like, different is, like, they have that, like, Cajun boil and everything, but they also have these, like, Vietnamese dishes. Which no, are... I double-checked before we started. Oh, it's in. Okay. It's not disconnected. Oh, okay. Does I it bet. not sound good? I, I just... It's the right one. Is he have the right one selected? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's connected. Okay. I must be I must be mistaken. I just hope it's I just hope it's working now that you said that. <laughs> nah, it's plugged in. Sh- should be. But, you yeah, know. I mean it's plugged in and it says it's the right one. So I left Mike out in the rain all night last night, but you know. Um, it is. Let me see. It's tilted the other way, so maybe that's. Oh, I hear you fiddling with it. That's yeah. prop. There it is. That that I was turned it. it. It it had been twisted in the uh, mic. You thing. sound beautiful. No. You I didn't know like, that made that much of a difference. So yeah, you sound like a lovely Sorry. angel, a lovely, lovely angel. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> Anywho. Um, but yeah, let's jump into it. What what have you been watching slash playing slash listening to in these last uh, two weeks of absence? Uh, a lot, actually. Um, I I didn't get to it, but my friend Jason came down from Indiana as well. Just one of the things I've been doing. And because of that, I did a lot of driving, you know, to pick him up and then mm. take him back. And so because of that, I just tore through my Discover Weekly and Release Radar. And I was just listening to a lot. Um, and I probably starred about 15 different songs over the last week. Um, but the one I, I think that you would be interested in or – Actually, I think you'd like all this, but specifically, and I don't know, maybe you've already heard the song, but the Wolves of Glendale, they have a song called Olivia, and it's a comedy song that is really funny. I uh, Oh, they have another song. I'll have to listen to that. Actually, being that there's only 139,000 plays on this song, you probably haven't heard this, but I think you will just love it. <laughs> it's just... Let's see here. Yeah, it's, it, it's not a, a song, song that you you really have to listen to the whole thing and listen to the lyrics, and that just makes it funnier. But they, I mean, they have a really good sound to them, anyways. They they could just make music and not even be comical, and they would still be just awesome. And I think that's what makes them so great. They're just they make great music and they're funny. So it's just it's both best of both worlds. <laughs> it's weird, like uh, a lot of. Uh... 
like novelty bands and like comedy stuff, they always have like a certain a, a specific sound generally that's kind of like Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to listening to this. I I'm not I'm <laughs> All right. I'm not going to ruin you're it. You're going to love it. I'm telling you. I'm not going to ruin it by uh listening to it on the <laughs> podcast. But I'm going to love it. <laughs> Why did Olivia uh, Rodrigo pop up. Oh, because Olivia got <laughs> Olivia, it. Yeah. You been listening to anything, Jordan? Yeah. Um, I was looking through my liked section here. There's a song that I really enjoyed. It just, you know, it's one of those songs where it's like, I need to listen to this discover weekly more often, but often times a lot when I'll listen to something new is when I'm doing something and I put on an album and the album runs its course. And then it's like, Hey, here's this. It's similar. And so I was listening to Churches, right. and the album right. ran its course, and then it went on to the song by a Heather Sommer called Sometimes. It's just good. I, I I like this crap. This is just the crap I like. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's the kind of pop that I like. And, you know, and I think sometimes that, like, hmm, almost like sometimes I feel like I have this weird thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it... It's like a stupid hipster thing or a contrarian thing or I'm old. I don't know. But like sometimes I wonder if I don't like certain things because they're too popular. Do you ever think that? Yeah. Do you ever think that like or, yeah. or I don't know. Maybe there's a difference. Maybe there is legitimately a difference because I remember like I was listening to something and I'm like, is this that different from Taylor Swift? Like I was thinking to myself, is that is it that different? And I like started playing the new her new album, and I was like, okay, let me just see, let me stop drinking the haterade, and let me just see. <laughs> and I played like the first thirty seconds of the first song, and I was like, absolutely not. And I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know if it, if it's literally like a substantive thing where there's something to these other bands and songs that I like that are poppy, but it's not the same. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you just said. I also personally don't like her and some other artists because of the things they've said and they stand for. So that comes into play a little bit, I'll say, for me personally. And but I do think there's, I mean, there's just so much variety to all the other music other than what's played on the radio, though. You're right. And right. you know what I mean? And you can like, you can drill down on like, this is exactly the type of, you know, indie or you know singer songwriter that i like and i love the tone in this person's voice and right yeah and there's something said about like a person being rich and famous when i listen this isn't always the case of course it it changes the music a little bit where it's like it's coming from a place that i know i just can't relate to at all like that's the thing for me and i'm like i want to be able to feel it but i i even if you're not singing, because there's a lot of songs when they, like Taylor Swift will do this, where she'll sing a song about famous problems. Like, oh man, this is a thing I deal with being famous. And I'm like, I have no interest in that. But even if it is something where it's like a regular romance song, it's like, I know in my head, this is like coming from a rich and famous like lifestyle and I can't take it as seriously. And I don't know, but like there's other things where it's like, 
where I can, like Bruno Mars, for instance. And it's not yeah. because I'm like sexist or anything like that, because Bruno Mars is so ridiculous. And like the, some of the things he says, I know it's lavish yeah. and ridiculous and insane. There's no, there's no like two ways about it. There's, it's yeah. not, I don't feel like. And then I'm there's stuff like tricked. Lonely Island. It doesn't matter like how successful oh, they are. Absolutely not. But if they can, if they keep that like just silliness, it's like you're gonna love it forever. Right. You know, the one thing I, w- I was just mentioning to Bethany because one of the shows I've been watching has some music from these guys is Death Cab for Cutie. They're amazing how they've created the same like quality music for like the last 25 plus years and mm-hmm. they're still they still feel like the same death cab they did back in like 99 when I first heard that right and it's just like it's insane it's you know these guys have aged obviously like all of us have over these years and yet they still sound great and they just they still sound like they're you know like drilled down to their roots or something I, I don't know it's just it's interesting with that band they've they have such an even keel about their music. This is what you're going to get. If you don't like it, that's fine. But this is what we make, and we're going to keep making it. Well, you always feel like... It's like, okay, so I think after... If a band is successful, maybe after the third album, each band is visited by a demon. And the demon says... <laughs> How about some EDM? <laughs> Why don't you add some EDM to your music? But we're an indie folk band. So I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I didn't ask what you were. I said, how about some EDM? I said look, EDM. Look, I'm all fine with EDM, but question. sometimes when it appears in places where it shouldn't, yeah. I think the devil might Fallout be involved. Boy. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, Fallout Boy, exactly. Where I'm like, Even really? Panic, panic yeah. Cold. Was that song that the dude from Panic at the Discos does with Taylor Swift? I don't mean to be just railing Taylor Swift. I really don't. I don't know her personally. But that, like, oh, there is no I and E, but you know there is a me. Like, the one she does with the guy from Panic at the Disco. I was, like, listening to it while I was at, like, Second and Charles. It came on. And I was like, goodness gracious, this song. Like, one, is how far removed is that from Taylor Swift's, like, old, like, kind of thing? And how far removed is it away from freaking Panic at the Disco's old stuff? It's just, yeah, it's so crazy. That's what I'm talking about. This is what we're here for. This is what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been watching slash playing, Luke? Um. Quite a few things, and I probably am still going to miss some because yeah, I, I can't remember everything. Um, but let me go down the list. Um, you know, Yellowstone, we're watching that, but I'm not going to talk about it. Um, we started tonight, actually, oh. shrinking for the first episode of the Apple TV show with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. And, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by the first episode. It's it's interesting enough. It's It's one of those dramas that, like, really leans into the drama you know i mean it's about shrinking it's about shrinks it's about you know therapist not honey i shrunk the kids so (laughs) it's just you know it's very much about talking and feelings and it's got a nice twist that uh keeps you going you know Mm. i I think you know if you see the trailer you know what the show's about is it's not by twist, I just mean like a twist on the idea of therapy, not like, oh my God. Like Harrison Ford's a coming. robot, like, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like that <laughs> at all, at least, you know, I've obviously only watched one episode. But, you know, I robot. would just say, get, give it a go. It's, okay. 
it's it's worth a worth a look at. We actually are not subscribed to Apple TV right now, but I think that those first three episodes, I believe, are all like there to test out. Um, I know the first one because we've watched that, but I think it looked like if I clicked it, it would play. But you know, it's, it can be hard to tell with that kind of thing. Um, anyways, yeah, that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, we'll have to give that a and watch. we've been watching a lot of The Last of Us, so we're now caught up, and I Whoa. think that's definitely my favorite show that's on, you know, streaming. On it's not on TV, but yeah. <laughs> is a current, current, current show. Um, it's just amazing, and I just, you know, I was thinking about it earlier. I'm like, <laughs> I've got music playing. It's hard for me to think about two things at once. Sorry. I just wanted to, and I don't know how to put it to you, but it's just, you know, we had this conversation when this show first came out and you're like, you know, it's the same as if you watch Titanic and then they recast it and <laughs> made it into a TV show or something. And I totally get that. It makes perfect sense. But Jordan, like, this is insane that mm-hmm. this is a video game. Right. The twists and turns in this show were made for television. Right. They weren't made for a video game. They, there's no, they had no right to make that into a video game. I'm sorry. That's the conclusion I have now. Like the stuff that happens, like with the two brothers that they meet. I mean, there's just, <laughs> there's some crazy drama in this that I just don't, I don't understand how you could get the same thing out of video game. I mean, obviously did everybody loved it and everything, but I don't know. You know, I'm coming from a place where I didn't play the game, but like looking back on it, like I feel like this should have been a show first and then maybe a game just because there's so much nuance in the acting and stuff with the subject matter that they have and the twists and turns. I don't know. I, this may not be fair, but (laughs) I just feel like it works so well as it, as it, a show i just and i don't think it would work well as a movie i think it works as a show it needs an episode by episode like routine because there's so much heaviness to what they're addressing with all these characters they're going through hell you know let's be honest here like every one of these characters is going through stuff that is deep and you know there's so much emotion and so much just gunk you know to this whole world and i i love the performances and yeah i just love it i i i'm i'm glad i'm not playing this as a game that's where i am right now i'm glad i'm watching this as a show i'm just glad you're enjoying it like i'm glad a lot of people are enjoying it there's obviously looking at the viewership there's a lot of people who haven't played the game that are playing this and i think that's fine like honestly it's not like one of those things where like there's a Persona 5, like, TV show, which is just a straight-up adaptation of the game. And, like, Carrie told me that he, like, watched that before he even started the game. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Please don't do that. But when it comes to Last of Us, I, that's a horse of a different color. I am not caught up at all. I think I'm, I'm only two episodes in. But from what I hear, there's a lot of uh, adaptation taking place and a lot of kind of... Uh, things that they take liberties on creative liberties and i'm very uh pleased to hear that like for sure like um uh, the what you're a lot of what you're saying is true for the video game how even the video game like after i finished the first game i was like yeah that felt like i was uh 
involved in a like an, an active participant in a season of television uh for sure in a way and sometimes even the way some certain segments will end it almost feels like i just finished an episode in a way and i'm like yeah. okay no on to this different thing where i'm meeting these different characters um but looking forward to watching it very happier ha- very happier and doing it again what i said is like i uh, if you haven't like i that's if I, you haven't played the game absolutely watch this show like oh my god please it's so good. I, yeah, it it reminds me of how much I I really enjoyed The Walking Dead season one, and yet, I think I'm enjoying this more. I just the variation in characters and I don't know. I I really have come to enjoy those two main characters. Bella Ramsey I think is doing a great job, and Pedro Pascal for a while now has been one of my favorite like hot actors that's in stuff so yeah yeah i just think it i i had my doubts i don't know pedro seemed <laughs> i don't know he didn't seem like the the perfect fit to me not that i didn't know like he would do a great job i just i had somebody else in mind when i thought of this show you know and not having played the game but just like having kind of seen clips and stuff of the game i just mm-hmm. i had a different actor in mind but but man, he's he's doing an amazing job. <laughs> awesome. He has a way of like becoming that rugged guy that you need for for the role of Joel. And yeah, I just I, I can't recommend it enough. If you're not watching it, I I don't just subscribe. It's it's absolutely worth the money just for this one show. So just do it. Um, and I while Jason was here, I he got to watch the first three episodes, and he's he's definitely hooked as well. Awesome. Um. But anyways, enough of Last of Us. Um, we watched a movie when uh, my wife's friends were here uh, called Vengeance with B.J. Novak that came out oh, yeah. a little while back. Um, and it's about podcasting. <laughs> right. Welcome to a podcast and a podcast. Um, so B.J. Novak directed, wrote, starred in this. Um, it's got a few other people you recognize, um, most notably um uh, being Ashton Kutcher, probably, um, of all of them, but John Mayer. it's the idea of like this, uh, New York writer. He's, he's, he has this idea. Yeah. John Mayer. You did see it. <laughs> I You've saw, it. I, I didn't, I'm finished. I've seen like okay. the first 30 minutes and Amber fell asleep. So I, yeah. I didn't realize John Mayer was in it until the movie started. I'm like, John Mayer. Right. Like, same. Has he even been in a movie before? Um, mm. but anyways, the idea like this, this New York writer, wants to kind of start this podcast and then he's part of the whole hookup culture in New York. And then, you know, he gets involved with family of somebody hooked up with and, and he goes on this journey of creating this podcast. And it's, I, I think it's, it's a cool road that it, that it takes. Um, there's a movie that, that kind of started probably about the time you turned it off <laughs> where yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, this movie's fine. It's interesting enough to keep watching, but by the end of it, I, I thought, you know, this this is a pretty good movie. I, I would I would give this a pretty high rating. Um, not that it's a masterpiece or anything, but it it did really good with what it set out to do. I would say by the end, it just I liked how it it kind of tied things up at the end, and I don't know, it gave you a good 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 feeling there at the end. It kind of concluded 
things. But uh, yeah, I, I, this would be one I would recommend, and especially since you started it, I would say yeah, I go back, finish, finish it. it. It's worth your time. Um, it's on Prime. If anybody's out there wanting to watch it, um, we've started back up New Girl. We used to watch that show a lot, and that's kind of our current comedy right now. There's there's so many other shows like uh, Welcome to Flatch that I've talked about before that we keep up with, but there's just not enough episodes. You know, it's coming right. out week to week, and it's just like you watch it. It's 20 minutes. It's over. Got to wait another week. Um, it's hard with comedies. Yeah, and then you have stuff like The Office and Parks and Rec, and you know you have the hundreds of episodes, and and New Girl's another one like that. It ran all from 2011 to 2018, um, bunch of seasons, and I think it like had like 20 episodes or more per season. So, yeah, it's just it's great. I mean, most most yeah. people know at least <laughs> about New Girl, and yeah, if you're looking for comedy, I just say just go back, especially the early seasons are really good, and it's just your classic. Fox comedy. So. Yeah, really good character yeah. writing there. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of good characters. Like I said, I think I've watched some other stuff, but I can't remember, so that's uh. it. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, first off, I uh, wanted to bring this up a little bit. This is kind of a weird topic. It's not something. It's not like one thing that I'm playing in particular, but it kind of like this... Uh, thing that I've known existed, but I've kind of been putting off looking into it. Um, emulation on the Xbox. Hmm. So it's, okay. it's, it's something I've known about for a long time. Like people saying, wow, the Xbox series, the series consoles in uh, specifically are just wonderful for emulation. Um, Cause the powerful, the power and all it's, it's, I think the biggest thing is the open endedness of it. The fact that they have a browser, and there's like the ability to actually have these emulators on the console mm-hmm. is uh is something that really makes it happens it, uh, when you run windows right <laughs> right and the fact the that you can access the system of the world right and that you could just access edge um so yeah i i think what drew me the most to this is the fact that, that people were like okay it emulates gamecube um quite well and i was like okay um that interests me a lot because you know I always talk about like uh, Super Nintendo uh, Genesis and NES. Like at this point, you can you could run those games on a cup. You know, it just it's there's just nothing <laughs> there. But like a lot of these other consoles, like uh, PS2 and uh, you know GameCube, they take it takes a lot more um, power. Not that those consoles are like powerhouses. Just there's a lot to just. A lot of imperfections in the emulation that a powerful PC or console in this situation could just muscle on through and to create a solid experience. So uh, what I'm the most interested in talking about is kind of not so much like the games because obviously, okay, it I'll, I'll say in short, it emulates pretty darn well. Like I'd say most of the time it's freaking great. And I'm talking like playing these games uh, because what they'll do is you can set the rendering resolution on these games, um, and you can set it all the way up to 4K on the Series X. Wow! And that's quite nice. A lot of these games benefit from that very well. Depending on the game, of course, some of the games are like, "Wow, that looks so much better than it ever did." Um, but and I'd say most of the time works great. Like there's a few games where I'm like, there's a few either. Um, 
weird things here and there. And there's some games that don't work quite well enough to the point where I probably wouldn't play them. But most of them, I think, are in the range of great, good, or acceptable. Um, yeah. So so that's that. Um, but the process of getting them was a lot. I was thinking. I was like, cause I was like, okay, if this is anything weird, where I have to like do something to the Xbox to make it to where like, oh, it's gonna void my warranty or get get my account banned or something like that, then I'm not gonna do it. Um, it was easier and uh, unintrusive as more than I could ever imagine. <laughs> It's as simple as going Dev mode. No, no, not even no. that. They've there. It's different now. Mm. Um, it's as simple as literally going on to Microsoft Edge. Well, first joining this certain Discord, this community of people that do this and that bring these ports of these emulators to Xbox. It's literally joining um, their discord, going on the edge browser on Xbox and going to that discord and clicking their links. And it'll take you to an app to install that looks like it's from uh, the marketplace and you just install it. And there it is. And then what do you do? How do you get your games on? Just put them on a thumb, like format your thumb drive in the proper way, put the games on and away you go. Like, I was like, what? Wow. That was uh, pretty simple. <laughs> um, only thing I would recommend is, a, you know, for games like that is a 3.0 drive, uh, thumb drive at least, uh, just so it gets that transfer rate. Can you even buy a 2 anymore? <laughs> no, but a lot of people have, I, I have a lot, all these, like, 2s just laying around the house, so I had to make yeah. sure that uh, was a 3.0 um, but yeah, it works great. And yeah, I mean, if you're interested in it, uh, go ahead and, uh, dabble in that. It, it's fine. Like it's, it's not a lot of work to do again. There's no weird things that like bring you into a place where you're risking anything with your Xbox or your, uh, account or anything like that, which is great because like emulation, usually when it comes to console emulation, usually have an element of that where you're doing something on a software level, at least, um, to your console. Uh, the Wii had a big emulation community. Um, I, I recently modded um, my PlayStation Classic, which is that little, you know, classic machine or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it all was software-based emulation and software-based modding and homebrewing, but you don't have to do that at all with... Uh, with the Xbox, those apps are just there. It's um, there's the Dolphin app which runs the GameCube and Wii games. There's this uh, PSXX or whatever it is that plays PS2 games, RetroArch that plays a lot of the older games uh, quite well, like yeah, you know, the ones that can run off a cup. Um, but yeah, uh, just fascinating and just to, to play some of these games, like for instance, Star Fox Assault is a GameCube game. Uh, I never really got the chance to play very much. It was just a little bit. I remember renting it and just not getting very far, but I played it in, you know, in 4K, 60 frames per second, and I was like, holy crap, this looks very impressive. I mean, you know, it doesn't turn it into a Series X game, but it makes it look like it could almost be like a Wii U game or a Switch game instead of a mm -hmm, freaking GameCube mm -hmm. game. It was very, very cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that experience a little bit. I'm still kind of having fun with it. There's no, like, 
one specific game I'm playing on it. One game I think I do want to kind of dive into a little bit is uh, um, <clears throat> Pikmin. I want to dabble in that because I've never been a Pikmin fan, but I haven't really given it much of a chance either. I just kind of look at it and I'm like, no. Uh, so I'm trying yeah. it out. But anyways, um, on to actual like specific things that I'm watching slash playing. I beat God of War. Uh, last nice. week, I've been hitting it pretty hard, and um, yeah, man, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, this the again like the strengths of God of War, I think are the writing is just fantastic, and the, like the story is very very good, and the combat's great. Those are like the the high points. Obviously, the visuals and all that crap's amazing, but like the combat's great. You got a lot of options. As far as how you want to take on enemies, take on bosses, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like it gives you a lot of options when it comes to your weapons and your abilities. As far as how you want to tackle a situation, for the most part. Um, but yeah, I'm overall very pleased with it. When I was kind of getting started with the game, I had this feeling of kind of sameness, like okay, here we go again, and not really feeling. A, a ton not like feeling like exhilarated and like as if i'm going through like a really new faded away really quickly and the game started throwing a lot of really awesome things at me and then it kind of just kept going until the end uh, i do have a criticism though is that i feel like the game's just a, a touch too long which mm. it's only a, like i beat the game in like 22 hours 23 maybe it's not super long but i there, right. it's all about pacing you know like you get that this in games sometimes where you like see the end. The end is right there. You can reach out and grab it, but the game will put something in front of it, and you're like, okay, like, yeah. like there's this part point where like the character is like, all right, let's go, let's do the thing, let's go to the end of the game, and then it's like, nope, wait, we gotta do one more thing, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, <laughs> there was just a few of those moments where I, I feel like it could have made the game a little tighter again it's a you know 70 dollar purchase if you're getting it on ps5 it's good to have your money's worth and there's a lot of side content i'm all for the the main story being a little bit more streamlined in some of these games and then having a wealth of side content you know it's like yeah. have have the story be i'm not it's not, not about being short or long it's about being evenly paced have it paced properly and then treat treat your uh gamers treat your players to uh, a wealth of side content that's really good you know it's like it's kind of filled with red dead i was like i wish that game was just a little bit shorter because you know yeah. there's so much side content so much here i mean obviously the, to be, there's too much going on right you know? it's, it's like the values there in the game the the main story um could be a little bit more accessible by being just a tad bit shorter yeah. um Love that game, love that story, but I, I I felt the same thing where I was like, okay, I'm ready to beat this game. I'm I'm ready to beat it. Not not just because it got God of War Ragnarok, where I just kind of was ready to move on to the new thing. I also was like, okay, I'm ready for this ending. I'm ready to get there, and I feel like the story is too. But there's just one more thing to do. Mm-hmm. There's another. But either way, excellent, outstanding. Um, I felt like it went in a different direction story wise. Um that than I was anticipating in a way that really pleased me personally. You know, I felt like I don't want this 
let this I, I hope this isn't a spoiler for a lot of people but I was under the impression the game was going to going down a very dark very solemn path and that's not the case at all this is a very optimistic game this game has good things to say about about parenthood about redemption and um and, and yeah I it was actually pretty moving towards the end for me um and it's crazy that a character like Kratos was the vehicle to get to these moments from like looking at from where he came to where he is now. But I guess that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anywho, excellent game. And uh, then I moved how on. Did it stack up to the original, you, you know, oh. the original reboot. Yeah. I mean, it carried the strengths of that original with it to the sequel i mean it is doing like in principle a, a lot of the same things gameplay wise um it just really expands on that and takes it to another level i think story wise mm-hmm. i think in my opinion i think it outpaces uh the original just i i mean the original did a great job with uh kratos and atreus um but there was a lot of other things that i i I didn't really feel that connected to outside of Kratos and Atreus. This game gives you the Kratos and Atreus stuff, but it also gives you a lot of really much better things, in my opinion, with that whole world. Things with Thor, things with Odin, and that whole world is a lot more fleshed out and a lot more interesting, where I feel like in the first one they had to hold a lot of that stuff back. And, like, the main villain was, like, Boulder, and it was, like, that's, like, Thor, one of Thor's sons. And it just felt... Like mm-hmm. like a very uh, small part of that world, and now I feel like in this one they were like, okay, let's open the gates wide. Here's the world, and in my opinion, it feels like a conclusion to the series. I mean, I was talking to a friend about this, Adam. He's been on the podcast for it, but he he was like, kind of had mine like, okay, yeah, I see the next one doing this, and I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'd want a next one. I'm fine with whatever happens next for these characters living on in my imagination, like because I feel like they arrived like they have reached a a thematic place where i'm like i'm satisfied with where they've left off this world is in a place where i feel like it's satisfying to leave it there and i'm good i'm 100 percent good if this is it uh until they reboot the whole thing in 15 years or whatever (laughs) I, i am fine with that um but we'll see what they do this move this game made a metric butt ton of money so we'll see what happens hopefully they're they have some restraint and don't push something that isn't there you know yeah um but you know uh after that you know we uh, i started off uh playing hogwarts legacy uh that mm-hmm. like came out right around the time i beat i beat uh ragnarok um right so yeah, I I've really I've, been looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I've very much been looking forward to this game. This is a game that I've probably you know one of the most anticipated for this year. You know, Zelda I would say is above above this, but it's pretty high up there. Um, yeah, um, it lives up to my hopes in a lot of ways. It surpasses them in a lot of ways, and I think it. I think it um, misses the mark in others as well. I feel like there's certain areas where I'm like, I would have wanted this to be different. But the game's doing a lot, 
it's it's very fully formed as far as like a Harry Potter game or you know that wizarding world I guess as far as like giving you what you would want in a game mm-hmm. like this where it's like Hogwarts is ridiculous it is insanely detailed and never yeah. have I seen a game where there's like an interior that is so fully explorable, so huge, so lavish and detailed. It kind of makes you see why it was delayed and took so long to develop, huh? It does, um, because the game is very big, and there's a lot to do, and there's a lot to see, and the world is very detailed. And it's, it's something I didn't anticipate was like, Hogwarts is huge. It's very big and it's very and it's fully explorable, which is amazing. But there there's while Hogwarts is definitely like the crown jewel of like that game. Uh there's a lot of other there's a big area outside of Hogwarts to explore where you just walk outside of Hogwarts and you're like, "Okay, I'm in the area around Hogwarts and there's forests, caves, open mm-hmm. plains, and all this stuff." And it's quite large i'm not saying it's like the biggest open world ever but like for what this game is it has a very generous <laughs> explorable area with so far I'm, I'm about six hours into the game there's a lot to do there's a lot to do for sure and uh it's uh so far i'm having a lot of fun the combat is pretty fully formed it doesn't feel half baked to me which is really cool and um, it's yeah. actually kind of challenging, which I, I didn't anticipate that. There's a lot of paying attention you have to do with when to use your defensive spells and when to use when to get offensive. It's really cool. And um, I will say uh, the story for me is like kind of has its ups and downs. There's p- parts that like surprise me. Where I'm like, oh wow, I'm so surprised they went there. And there's moments where I'm like, okay, this is kind of like him haw like open world stuff. And, and every now and then, you know what I mean? You like run into someone. Oh, watch out for these things around the world. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Very uh, kind of run of the mill open world. Right. Which at times it's like, oh cool stuff to do. But at other times it's like, wow, this is unimaginative. Every now and then, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Seems like every open world has some of that, though. Right, where where you're just like kind of okay, yeah, this is open world stuff that kind of almost feels like bogs down the experience sometimes for me, depending on how it's done. Um, one thing that so far, uh, again, I I'm pretty early on in the game. You start the game off as a new student, so you're not supposed to be like super close with people right from the get go. I one big part of Harry Potter. Um, and being like Hogwarts and everything is relationships and friendship and all that stuff. It's a main cornerstone um, of those books and films is uh, friendship and the power of friendship and all that stuff. Um, I wish there were there was more like a, a little bit of social sim thrown in there. Like mm. uh, the Persona games do this a lot, where it's like very much like oh, it's like a it's like a social sim where you get to know these people and you can like choose to like grow your relationship with certain people, be right. closer friends with certain people, and and all that stuff. It doesn't seem like that's there. It seems like all that is on rails a little bit. It's all part of just missions and side quests it doesn't really feel like i'm investing in anyone you know where it feels like 
I wish there was an opportunity to like when you're in like your uh, common room of your house, like I'm a Hufflepuff or whatever, when you're in your common room to just hang out with people and do stuff that isn't like, hey, let's go sneak around and get this special book or something like that. But like an opportunity to like just kind of hang out with them. I wish that was there because that's that's part of kind of what Harry Potter is. But that being said, I'm close. I'm, I'm pretty early. I don't know if that stuff ever materializes, but honestly, I kind of doubt it based on where I'm at at this point. And, um, yeah, in classes, it's not, it's like, I'm kind of mixed on this. I don't know if I would want anything else than this. Like, so bully, for instance, I've always said, like, I want a Harry Potter game. That's like bully. And so far, a lot of that is what I'm getting a lot of that, but it is very much like bully in a way is a, a lot more, uh, I, I enjoyed the way that bully was kind of stringent on the player how it was very much like okay it's 9:45 get your tail to class up <laughs> are you late okay well watch out for the prefects and the truancy officers and stuff like that you know and, and yeah. I, I kind of enjoyed that it, it it really immersed me you know it was very immersive in that school whereas in this game you don't have like a schedule to keep you don't have like a day to night like like a calendar system or anything like that. It's very much like there's a, it's a lot more freedom. It's like, do whatever you want. You have that you have class basically as like a mission. You just do the mission whenever. And then you're able to just do the class and you'll end up getting either a potion or like learn about some new plant and herbology or get a new spell. And, um, that's fine. But again, I do want something an element maybe in the next game or something like that to kind of add to the immersion, whether that be in a social sim aspect, but like, I don't think they could do what they did with bully because bully isn't there. The openness of bully isn't the same openness of this game where you can just go all over the place and it would never work if you were like on the other end of the map and all of a sudden they're like, get your butt to, to charms class right, and, and right. then you have like 10 minutes to get there on your broom or something or i guess you get fast travel but still it, i don't that's not what the game is encouraging you to do it's encouraging you to explore every nook and cranny of hogwarts and its surrounding giant world but yeah it is tough you want the freedom but you also want it really to have is. systems so it really is you just got to make choices i guess at some point Right, that that's exactly right. I think you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think they've made a choice to be a little bit more like, okay, give more freedom to the player to explore and everything. Which, uh, a lot of that exploration is really awesome. I love, like, when you, when I got my broom to be like, I'm just going to take off and just see what there is to see. And uh, it, it is a lot of fun to explore. Um, another quick thing is this is uh, something I appreciate, is uh, this is a game that... Um, it's very much not, you're not playing any person in particular. You're the player character, right? You make your own um, avatar or your own student or whatever, you know, with your character creator, like a lot of games. And a lot of Western games are really good at this. I'm bringing this up because a lot of Japanese games aren't. Thank you so much just for having a voiced protagonist. 
uh, the voice protagonist, mm-hmm. like the the voice, isn't like perfect or whatever. It's not like amazingly acted. It is very much kind of like bland. But I don't care. Nothing drags me out more than having like a yeah. a silent protagonist. It's really yeah. annoying. I mean, obviously, you have the same thing in like Cyberpunk, where you're able to create your own character and they're fully voiced. And they're talking throughout the game. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for doing that. That's just nothing <sighs> compares to. Red Dead Two, goodness, <laughs> it's like the ultimate version of a voiced protagonist. But, Absolutely, but I mean that's yeah, less. I mean, I guess it's different when it's like open world. I don't know. Is it different? I don't know. Well, but yeah, like when you're your Arthur specific Morgan, thing, I just feel like there's of... so many different like interactions when you're in a school and stuff than the old West. But I don't know. I don't. No, I can't. I can't criticize Red Dead Two. It's no, it's hard. One of the greatest games ever made. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So many spontaneous things in that game. (laughs) It's like a living, breathing world. But yeah, and and I'll I'll end end this saying saying this is like the fact that this is like Avalanche and Port Keys, like first big game, like especially Port Key games, uh, first big game like this, insanely impressive. Like I, I, it's like holy crap. There's so many publishers that have made many more many bigger and many like just as well uh funded projects that don't feel as polished as this and i think it's a huge achievement for for that uh developer so and i feel like how good this game was going to be was definitely in question so yeah, i agree really good. absolutely this really could have been a disaster. These great reviews right right which is something that was very much in question about me because this game's been embroiled in, the, in a childish uh, controversy. It's like, and and it's still to the point where it's like I don't know which which uh, publisher to trust or to trust any of them because so many of them are just like in this doing this weird game where they're just like this is the game that we're going to be upset of set with and just. Like the wired, there was like a wired review that gave it like a zero out of ten, or like a one out of ten, just to, just to like review bomb it. And it's like, wow, is uh, well, I can't think of anything more unprofessional and yep. credibility destroying than to do do something like that. <laughs> it's, yep. yep, it's wild. But anywho, still enjoying enjoying that game. I'm still early on, so I'll comment more after I uh, beat it. Um. But that's pretty much it, man. Um, we there's a lot of shows we need to get to. We we started Book of Boba Fett because oh, I know there's a lot of shows I'd rather watch, honestly. But because Mandalorian Mandalorian season three is coming, and I have knowledge that they do a ton of Mandalorian stuff within Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, and so it's like, well, I guess I gotta watch that within the next few weeks. Yeah. So know what the f's happening in the Mandalorian season three? Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm gonna go ahead and say that this isn't the MCU. Don't do that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'll never forget watching the Flash and being spoiled, like the in one episode spoiling another show <laughs> because mm-hmm. like, oops, I guess I didn't watch that or whatever, but. Anyways. Yep. <laughs> but he likes to cross the universes. Uh, no kidding. Or make universes, I guess. 
it gets really confusing. Anywho, that's, you know, we probably have seen more and played more or whatever, but we're, again, it's been a long two weeks, so we got a, a, a bit we're of a review Sorry. to do. What? <laughs> I said we're old. We're old. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry yeah, that we're old. <laughs> Forget. <laughs> oh, I just can't remember. I just can't. I simply can't. Uh, speaking of the MCU. Indeed. We have our next chapter. Right. This is like... Ever-expanding multi-universe universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, it. this does feel like the beginning of, like, that next saga. You know, it's like almost like season... Not season. That, like, phase four, in a way, almost feels like an in-between kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's like phase five. It's like, okay, now onwards to this new saga, the multiverse saga. You know, it's like yeah. it, they're only naming it now. It wasn't named before, like phase four or whatever. It's starting now. And so this is the first movie of phase five. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumanium. Mm-hmm. Luke, yeah, we, you and I saw this movie together, and uh, it was very we nice did. seeing it with you. With all great. our pals. With all our pals, yeah. It's been a while since we've a had a gathering like that. Yeah, yeah. A good amount for these days. There As you pals. said, we're old. <laughs> Jason got to come, which is cool. Yeah, it was awesome seeing him there. Yeah. Awesome seeing a movie with him. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, non-spoiler first, then we'll get into some of the nitty-gritty. Um, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumanium? Um, you know, I liked it. There were things I liked about it. There were things I thought were all right. I, you know, overall, I'd say positive. But yeah, that's kind of overview. How about you? What's your feelings on it? I feel like I'm close to that. I liked it. You know, it's like I, I the sol- a solid liked it, like a seven point five in my good bo- good movie in my book. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Was I blown away at any point of the movie? No, there was not not a point where I was like, "Oh my god, you know this is a." <laughs> but you know, it's it's tough. It's tough now these days, you know. And I, yeah. I feel like you we're, we're seeing so that so much has come before. So much has come before, and I think a lot of that is come to bear with you know a lot of critics as well. Where it's like I feel like if this movie came out, say like before. Uh, yeah. Endgame and Infinity yep. War, I think people would probably be, probably be looking at it a lot more favorably yep. than it is now, where people yep. are saying, oh my god, it's just, you know, bad as Eternal, or something like that. I don't know. I, I think this, in my opinion, this is one of the good ones, you know? Yep. Is it top tier? Like, where with Winter Soldier and Infinity War and Guardians of the Galaxy 1? No, but... This is a good comic book movie where I watch it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is a comic book come to life for me. And uh, I enjoyed it. Um, again, things there to like, things there to criticize, which we will. But at the end of the day, yeah. I come down having a good time with this movie and being, you know, very happy it was made and I saw it. <laughs> I I think I think that's I think that's a really good summary of what you just said. I think that's probably something you know, on the non-spoiler thing that we should talk about. Um, I don't know how much more to say other than what you said, but just agreeing with you, like, you know, from the the excerpts from new stuff that I've seen, you know, it just seems like negativity is kind of the main thread of what 
you know, at least the news outlets are putting out there about this movie. And I, I really don't understand it. I, you know, I, like I said, I, I have, you know, some negatives, but they're not really like terrible things. It's just like, Oh, it would have been cool if they'd done this, but overall, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie, you know? And, and I think like you said, there's, there's so many things in this movie that I think is exactly right. I think we are kind of conditioned at this point to expect a certain level of comic service, fan service stuff that just makes you giggle, makes you laugh, makes you excited. Mm-hmm. And that stuff's all in here. And yet the reviews are not negative, but they have a negative thread to them. Um, IMDb rating, which I think is always a good litmus test. And then, you know, IMDb has their user rating and then they have the Metascore. And I think that's a good litmus test to kind of what people are saying. So the Metascore is 48. And then the uh, user rating is 6.6. And I don't understand the 48. It's like, you know, I can click in it and I can go through every score. But I'm not going to do that. But my point is just that it's just hard for me to understand how it can get that low. That means that there's a lot of people under the 50-point mark, you know, pulling that score down there. And I just, I don't see any world in which I see this movie, even if I saw it several more times and really, like, tried to be negative and nitpick. I just don't see how I would ever get to a place where I would put it under 50%. Um, I just don't, it's a good movie. There's good actors putting in good performances, you know, in what what is supposed to be a fun, action-packed hero movie, and yet people somehow find things enough to complain about it to put it under fifty percent. And I don't, I just don't get that. You know, right. it's fine. You can have your opinion. I just, I don't understand your opinion. Is all I'm saying. I just, I don't really get it. Um, I, I can understand how you might not like it as much as me. It just seems like the extent to which this movie's receiving negative reviews seems way overboard, you know, <laughs> like right. far too much. It's I, like you said, you know, seven and a half. I think that's, it easily deserves that. You know, I, I'm probably would give it more a seven just because I, <laughs> when you, when you, so many movies land in that three point window between seven and 10, mm-hmm. I, I try to reserve a little bit more of a ceiling for the, for the better things. But, but still like rate everything it, at 10. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. Exactly. Um, it's a good movie, you know. Um, just right. overall, it's a good movie, and I don't know. I just wanted to kind of talk about that. It's just something I've noticed, and it just right. kind of frustrated me. You know, the IGN they keep putting out on their thing like negative stories about this and saying how you know it's it's the only movie you know along with the Eternals that's received all these Rotten Tomato scores, and I. I just don't get that, you know, and it's not IGN's fault. They're just reporting what's happening, but right. it's just crazy to me. I, I don't think the Eternals was terrible, but it was definitely a significantly worse movie. Like just the plot line specifically, you know, was just not as good in that movie. I, I think that's, that can be, I think agreed with most people. I think, you know, this just had a better plot throughout and, Right. I like the chaos better, you know, and and that that could be more subjective. But anyways, I just it's weird for me to compare those two movies where 
we're so different and absolutely yeah i think <laughs> this movie's significantly better so right we're we're i think in a point where again yeah i mean i i agree with that eternals uh, i you know am a, like one of, a, one of the sole people who actually really like Eternals, but its problems are obvious to all. <laughs> like I even see like a lot of the issues with Eternals that, and like obviously this is a better made, better thought out film by almost every metric. Um, okay, I want to throw this out. So I, I don't this you know some of this is so arbitrary, but it, it's something to to think about. So this movie currently has a forty. 47% or whatever on Rotten Tomato. Ant-Man and the Wasp has an 87. Do we think, even if you think Ant-Man and the Wasp is better than this? It's a good point. By that much? Yeah. Really? Good point. Is it, are we really looking at the movies right now? Are we just in some zeitgeist where it's like we're we're like collectively grumpy <laughs> about like these movies coming out and we're expecting the world i mean yeah. that that that's kind of what where i think we're we are where it's like we are our standards are now in the moon with spider-man and yep. um in game and stuff like that and if they're not meeting those high high highs then we judge them to be very, you know, to be very critical. I mean, you can make yeah. an examples of things like uh, Wakanda Forever. There, I, I think there's some emotions behind Wakanda Forever too. There's some biases where it's like we're mourning the yeah. loss of of yeah. this uh, this great guy and everything. Yeah. And there, the, you, you don't. Mm -hmm. It's like there's something in you. There's like ah, I don't really want to, but we'll reserve that sort of <laughs> score. That's a good example. I think that's a good example. Right, I like this movie better than that. I do. I, I'll, I'll yeah. say that right now. I, I do too. Yeah, I watched Wakanda yeah. Forever um, last week. I didn't bring it up in watching slash playing, but yeah, I, I I enjoy that movie enough. But there's some significant issues I have with that movie, which it, it, honestly, like a lot of that movie just doesn't work. Um, but we are where we're at. Where reviews and a lot of things. When we talked about Hogwarts Legacy. A lot of it is a very emotional thing, a very fickle thing with people. And sometimes it does not come down to a movie's own merits, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's what we're here to talk about. We're, we're going to talk about where this movie works and doesn't work. We're not saying, oh my God, this movie's a 10 out of 10. I can't believe it. But we're saying, really? <laughs> that bad, people? Yeah, yep. So... Um, interestingly enough, um, I went to Wakanda forever. So like I said, let me remind you, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has 6.6 .6 user rating, 48 Metascore. Wakanda forever has 6.8 user score, 67% Metascore. And I think that says a lot. And I think it says yeah. exactly what you said, mm -hmm. you know, that the critics didn't rave about it, but they definitely gave it more credit. It and be nicer I think the to users... Yeah are closer to more accurate to what I think is a more reasonable scoring system. They didn't like Ant-Man um, Quantumanium as much as they like Wakanda Forever, but it was very close. And I think that's reasonable. Right. Okay. Uh, so the movie itself. Um, 
good things about it, you know, without without spoiling it. I again, as you said, I think there's some really good and uh, interesting performances here, which I think uh, there's a couple of them that really stood stood out to me with the Jonathan Majors. I mean, we're yeah. we're yeah. seeing a, a new star, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like I, I, I. A Disney-made star. Let's be honest here. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's had some other work, but I mean, this is this is they've basically placed the crown upon his head with this role here, right? You, I, th- I mean, they've centered the whole next half of their MCU around him and his minions that he, you know, dubs, and it's you know, it's quite an opportunity he's gotten here, and and I think he's doing a great job. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't mean any of that in a negative way. I just mean like. It's just amazing to me to see someone like this come out and now all of a sudden, like, he's probably going to go on to do so much more. I, you know, I can see yeah. him being, you know, Oscar contender and all that in the in the coming years. And it's just good for him. You know, it's, it's really cool. Right. Um, I saw him in Lovecraft Country it was the first place I saw him in. Um, that show is not good. It doesn't really work. I stopped like six episodes in, but he, I, I, I felt like, you know, like, wow, this, this guy's got something. He's a little unique. He has a, he's a, an, an intriguing actor. He's got a interesting and appealing, like look to him and uh main character vibes for sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, yeah. Rising star here. Uh, doing great work with mm-hmm. this, um, and everyone else I think is as charming as uh, they have been. Paul Rudd, it's hard not to be in, endured, endeared to his uh, his performances in general. <laughs> yeah, he's just the nicest guy. Right, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer actually I think like kind of surprised me one with how much she was given to do in this movie, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. kind of. Wow, she did a good job. She was really an important part, honestly. Right. <laughs> the whole story kind of pivoted on her. Absolutely. So. Yeah. She um, looked good. Yeah, she looked great, well. too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing, but she looks great. Good for her. Right. I think, like, uh, to be a, a little bit more, you know, critical, I, I do feel like this movie probably could have been a little longer. Like it's always weird when we we talk about that. Like when something's too long, when something's too short. And I feel like there were a few things I wish were more fleshed out in this movie when it came to kind of the the world that they have to play in the the quantum world in the the denizens of that world. Mm. Um, I I do f- wish I got more of a feel for what they're, uh, what's at stake <laughs> uh, for that world. Um, so I feel like I wish we spent a little more more time there. Yeah. I, <laughs> I want to get into more details, but you know, I, I, we're not spoiling yet, right? But uh, right. yeah, I'd say my main issue was kind of in that first third of the movie. Um, there's just... I don't know. It feels like it drags. It drags a little bit. It kind of gets bogged down in some stuff that, you know, it's fine. It makes sense. And, you know, there's some funniness. And I, I, I always love the comedy. I'm never the one to complain about taking time for jokes. But uh, I don't know. There was just there was just a point there at the, like I said, the first 30% of the movie that I'm just kind of like, 
okay, I see where some of the negative reviews are coming from. It's just right. not, it's not as you know, popping, and it's just it's the the beats felt a little little slow. I was I was excited about halfway through when it started like kind of ramping up a little bit more and heading towards you know the end game. Right. There are. I have I have very uh, spoilerly spoilery criticisms that I just cannot get to until we get to spoilers that have to do with the ending and I mean like the very ending of the movie. So uh, I'm going to have to reserve those criticisms for there. And I think that that is probably those are probably some of my more severe criticisms of the movie that uh, I feel had these criticisms been changed would have elevated the movie a lot in my opinion um but we'll get there when we get there um a weird thing is evangeline lily you know hope van dyne not in the movie very much you know there's a lot of these characters that jump into the quantum realm where i'm surprised at how much they're given to do hope is the only one where i'm surprised that she's given not a lot to do, especially since her mm-hmm. name is in the title, unless we're referring to the, the legacy character, the old wasp <laughs> as the, the one in the, the titular wasp <laughs> in that title. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, hope not given a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. I don't know. She was just kind of another one of the characters. Right. So yeah. Right. Right. Um, I feel like even um, Hank ha- had a little bit more to offer there as far as uh, bringing something to the table there, which uh, nice to see it. But at the same time, man, what, what, surprised at how little hope was given. But, you know. Yeah. It wasn't really till the end that she played an important role. Right. Absolutely. What did you think of Cassie in this movie? Um, I thought it was fine. You know, she kind of has become a more of a part of the team, I guess. So, is that a real like role? Is that a actual character? And yeah, I forget what comics? her superhero name is, but yes, yeah, Cassie they don't is really talk about that at all. But yeah, right? No, she just yeah. has a suit. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. She's like, I'm here. I have a suit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but yeah. I, I liked it. I, I liked that she wasn't just there as like the you know damsel in distress kind of thing. Agreed. It did feel like she had a bit of a hero's like journey to kind of go on herself and had a yeah uh, where to start and kind of you're following her on as she's growing. Um, I like that she you know had showed off some of her brains and kind of showed like that she taken you know steps in the direction that her father did. Right. Which would make sense. I mean, she's at an age where she would be doing that. I, I like that. That's good. Right. And that actor, I don't know her super well. I think I've only seen her in one other thing. And I did not have good feelings based on the one thing I saw her in. She's in Detective Pikachu. And she's not good at all in Detective Pikachu. So I was very worried. But she's fine here. Uh, I think she's... I don't know if it was a directing thing with Detective Pikachu or what. but Or just a script or what, whatever it was. But she's fine in uh, in this movie. So... Phew. She's in a uh, Big Little Lies, which uh, oh, okay. Bethany and I watched all that. So that's kind of what I remember her from. Gotcha. She's one of the kids in school. One of the kids. The private school with all the drama. Gotcha. 
Um, <coughs> one thing I did want to mention is something that like I had a really good buy-in to this movie in general. Like the premise is, I think is just really nice. I, I really like the premise of this movie. Like that, that's something you have to kind of, I mean, like it's something we overlook a lot in movies because like, but the premise is so important to me. It's like, it's what's making me care about what we're doing. You know, it's like the fact that Ant-Man is given this as his next adventure, I mm-hmm. think is what, what the character needed, what, what, where it needed to go for his third movie. Give him something more important to do. Give him something out of his depth, something not so street level. Give him something crazy and take him to a crazy place. Take all these characters to a crazy place. And I was really happy. Um, I I was given that basically. I I felt like I was given that and I was, I was happy to get it, you know? Yeah. I think it led up. I think it uh, lived up to the title. Let's say, Oh yeah. Titles fitting makes sense it's like they were entering another universe and another you know whole thing and that was that was good i like that right and uh, something that really struck me is how quickly we got there there is not this is, i don't feel like yeah. this is very spoilery there there's not a lot of just messing around on our realm of existence <laughs> at the beginning of the movie it's nope. very much here's the setup let's go which i yep. appreciate here's scott walking the streets of san francisco we're eating now. We're in the quantum zone. <laughs> yep. Basically, the, it, it does not waste a lot of time getting us there. And I feel like it's a good thing. I mean, again, I do feel like this movie could have been probably not even that much longer. 15, 20 minutes longer based on how much they had to do. I feel like we could have put a few more things in here. Um, but yeah, based on how short the movie is, it's a good thing that they got there as quick as they did and not just screw around on earth or whatever you want to call it <laughs> relative to the quantum realm. Are you muted, Luke? Oh, I, it's weird. Uh, there you oh. go. There you are. Oh, how'd that happen? I don't know. Shall we move on to spoilers? I think our uh, feelings on the movie are clear. Spoiler. Let's go. Um, I kind of want to jump right into this. I know this is like an end of the movie kind of thing or whatever, but I feel like, yeah, I, I was talking to Manisha later and I was telling her just like, yeah, this is, if they would have changed this, it would have like elevated the movie entirely. They should not have been able to go home at the end of this movie. They should have been stuck in the quantum realm. For a while. That was very strange. It was very strange. Yeah. It was like, I remember thinking like, wow. They really set it up that they weren't too. Absolutely. The looks they they were given. they made an editorial decision to change it. 100%. That's what it felt like to me. It really did. It's just like, the the way it was edited. Because it felt like they could have filmed that scene. I'm sorry to interrupt. but No, you're fine. It felt like they could have filmed that scene like well later where she like opens up the portal. You know, it really does feel that way. It's like, uh, we're going to need you to come in for a reshoot. It does a real disservice to these characters. I mean, the thing is, is like these are it's building up to this. I think the whole movie is building up to that sacrifice because these are characters that know to have no business going face to face with Kang. And if they're going to do what they do, there should be a cost. There should be some level of sacrifice. They're only able to beat King in this movie because King underestimates them. But they're because they're well, able. Them, right? 
right? I mean, even then, even then, that's the, the ants. I mean, let's be honest, right? <laughs> there, they should, <laughs> there should be some level of sacrifice to this, and them have to stay there. And you know what? It doesn't have to be like doom and gloom, like they're dead or gone forever. We all know they could be brought back, and you know, we could see something with Cassie, like towards the end, looking through her quantum map or something like that, to be like, there's a glimmer of hope. Uh, for them to be yanked out and we all kind of know what's going to happen but that should have been it they should have been like okay we made the sacrifice we did the right thing to stop something terrible and that's what it took for characters like us who aren't freaking Captain Marvel or Thor (laughs) to stave a threat like this back Yeah, it kind of felt like the way the rat in (laughs) End game and ends up bringing back Paul Rudd. Right. It kind of felt like the ants were that in this. It's like y'all couldn't beat Thanos, and y'all can't beat Kang. Yeah. You're just right. lucky that these ants got sent through there at the same time, and they got so advanced. I don't know. Oh that yeah, absolutely. I kept thinking about like, okay, but I mean, not that I didn't. I was fine with it. It just was like, right. It was a little bit of a cop out. I mean, let's be honest. It's a little bit of a cop out for the ants to be the ones who honestly do everything. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like Ant-Man and the gang, they're able to defeat King's forces, but King himself seems pretty unstoppable in very much like if it was just Kang, Hope, and Cassie versus Kang, they would just die. Um, but the fact that these ants kind of unexpectedly yeah. um, were able to kind of come in and surprise him and take out his armor. Um, yeah. I mean, like, it's a, only a step away from being a Deus Ex Machina kind of thing because, like, they introduce it, like, 15 minutes prior to it happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. But how bad would it have been if they if they explained it then when when it did happen? Oh, that would have been DC level bad. <laughs> that would have been really bad. That would have been DC. He, yeah, Hank steps in and explains it as it's happening. <laughs> so here's what happened. <laughs> Here as King <laughs> screaming. I would have I would have palm my face at that point i would have been able to hear it you're we were a few seats apart but i would have been able to hear hand hit face <laughs> but that didn't happen thankfully it's just only but it's slightly like in the moment i didn't mind it but then like right. thinking back on it it really was kind of like uh you know like i i like the way it was because it's like you're ant man i get it it's like it's it's cool to like keep the ants involved because that's your thing right but I guess I would have enjoyed it more if the ants had been a part of it throughout. And then you like figured out something that they could do that nothing else could do. I think that would have been a better way for me to to swallow that pill instead of just like, oh, yeah, and we have these super ants. Come on in, boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guess that's kind of what you're saying. But. Right, right. Um, I'll say this. I was fine with it. I, I wasn't like cheering, but if it was any other character, I would have hated it. Like not saying ants specifically, but like, 
I don't know, any of that sort of thing, <laughs> I would have hated it. I think the only reason I accept it is because, like, Ant-Man being in this situation is just insane. And, like, he could take any, he, he should take have any advantage that he could possibly can. And even though those, those ants are, at this point, because they're thousands of years advanced, are only, like, partially related to him at this point <laughs> because of that enhancement. Um, yeah, I... I it just barely got me to where I'm like, okay, you know, just barely, just barely. It kind of felt like it was the excuse to like have Hank be involved at the end. You know, that's what it kind of felt like. Right. And I was happy to There's have something for him to do. Yeah. I, I was happy to see that, you know, him being like, cause we haven't really gotten that him as like, he's always been like, I am firmly retired, but him as the original Ant-Man, even though we don't really get to see him very much as Ant-Man, but knowing that's Hank Pym, he is the original Ant-Man and like seeing him do something like that. Cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, at this at that point in the movie, like there are like a lot of other things going on with like the armies of of the quantum realm or whatever we want to call it, which at that that's the point where I feel like okay, I don't really care really much about any of these characters at all. You know, like they're she Spear Lady's mm. cool, but like I don't know anything about her. She just said, like, my home was taken away. Be, be happy you have a home. And I'm like, I wish I kind of knew more about, like, why your home was destroyed or, like, what what happened or something. I don't know. Like, I feel like I Kang is, like, this conqueror over this world, but I, I don't feel his involvement very much. I just know he has a bunch of soldiers running around doing something. They're just being mean, I guess, and looking you know very authoritarianism and all that stuff and then like he has this big city in the middle of everything but i don't really know how in what way he affects that world when ant-man isn't there you know i think my thought on that just my feeling at least during the movie was that kang has gotten to a point where he's been here for so long that he's done everything and that's why you kind of see him like sitting up on the throne, kind of like so chill. It's because he's just tired. He's tired right. of being here. He's tired of this. He's prepared his ship. You know, he's conquered everyone. Everyone's scared of him. He's got the whole world knocked back. He's got, I know your favorite character, the ultimate weapon, like monitoring everything. And he's just like, Nobody challenges me. I've got nothing to do. And so, like, I I felt like it was kind of like he doesn't do anything because he's just sick of being here and he's just right. bored out of his mind. So, which I think is kind of appropriate because that's probably how he would feel. Yeah. I'd feel if I was him. <laughs> I do want to talk about him a little bit more. Just kind of talk. We, we talked about how good he is, but I kind of want to talk about, like, specific parts and things where you're like, yeah, man, this is just a. He's doing like something where I feel like he's like a very captivating performance here, and yeah, um, I have a lot to say about this and King in general, and like the idea of King, uh, and kind of in a way I want to save towards the end of our conversation. 
because it has to do with like the future and, and credit stuff and where we're going. But this version of Kang, really awesome. I mean, like, there's there's moments where I'm like, wow, what? Like, I'm trying to like get into his head. And I'm like, what? What is he possibly thinking? It almost makes me upset that like this version is gone by the end of this movie because like there's this moment mm-hmm. where so he shows up kind of like as this like person who needs help to uh to Janet and like then he well the moment he gets what he wants he like kind of is able to puff out his chest and reveal his intentions or whatever and i well, lo- you know that's what's interesting right and that's mm-hmm. that's something i was kind of talking to jason about like it is so deep isn't it like this whole thing about what actually happened I don't know. I feel like there's going to be fan theories and stuff that come out of this. But please continue. I like the way he responds to a lot of this. Like when, when Janet sees into his mind, it's like he, he has that look of confusion and surprise. And he like kind of knows what's happening and waits for him to finish, waits for her to like finish taking it in. But he almost seems upset that he's not able to fulfill his promise to her. I don't know if it's and I can't tell if it's in a way where it's like, I just want you out of the way, but it feels yeah. like he does also have, he feels conflicted about it. He's like, he does kind of want her to see her daughter and for him to do what he said he would do, but it just pales so heavily in comparison to everything else in his intentions or something like that. He wished, yeah. can I just give you what you want? Can I just be right now the person to fulfill my promise so I can continue on with my quest? But, of course, I'll kill you if you don't let me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd really rather not. It's, it, he conveys that in so many different ways with his facial expressions and the way he delivers his lines. It's just, that's a lot to convey in a short amount of time. Yeah. That's just what's so interesting about the whole Kang thing. It's like, it's the same reason that, well, it's it's different, but it's similar to why Thanos was so interesting. Because he had so much power and because he had all these stones and the ability to wield them and had been around for so long. Um, but Kang, you know, is interesting in a different way, but, but similar because he has all this power, but specifically now we're dealing with the time authority and we're dealing with multiple universes and we're dealing with someone who can move through time and universes as they please. Um, that every version of Kang is going to be, Unique, and you you right. wonder what is his intentions, and what is he going to do with the knowledge that he has, and does every version of Kang have the same knowledge? You know, those right. kind of things are interesting, and and this Kang specifically seems like someone who is still ruthless, as we've kind of seen with Kang. Well, we haven't seen a lot of Kang, but. <laughs> But what we have kind of seen is that he, he seems to be pretty ruthless with his mission and is completely convicted that he knows what's coming and that he's the only one who can do what needs to be done because he's seen it all. And and this one's interesting because he mentions how he's the only one who can stop it. And I don't know. It's just it's so interesting i mean obviously if you've watched this movie you know what i'm saying but it's just in my mind i haven't like collected the thoughts enough but it's like the part where ant-man's saying at the end did i just kill everyone and 
just thinking back on like what what happened when she like touched the mind thing and she saw what he was doing but then he kind of explained to her like look like i have to do this right um, it's a lot to think about <laughs> absolutely and, and i love villains like this i really do where they have like this conviction that like they're not like they don't see themselves as this like maniacal um like villain yeah. like cackling villain and they don't portray themselves as that either but they're doing things that are just so awful <laughs> it, it's but, it, I, I but like are it. they i guess that's right. what's so interesting to me but are they awful because yes like killing people erasing them from timelines bad but if it is yeah, necessary know. in other words to stop whatever's going to happen i mean i think it kind of depends on what's going to happen as to whether or not you can judge if it's awful or not. Right. If that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's such a, it's a tough thing. Like there's right and wrong, you know, and then there's the conditional version of right and wrong. Like I'm saying, which just raises so many questions in my mind. If everyone in, if everyone in existence is going to be wiped out and the only way to stop it, the literal only way to stop it, is to kill all these thousands of people. Does that make that awful? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, very it's yes, almost like a cousin but, of like the Thanos qu query, like, yeah. you know, we're destroying ourselves because we don't have enough resources to maintain ourselves in this universe. Um so I'm going to do something terrible to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's a similar kind of thing, but now yeah, fate is involved. And the question I think in Thanos' thing is, was it inevitable anyways? Was it? You was know? it? Yeah, right. Was, was it? it? And it's the same thing with this. Is it? Like, if he truly does know that that's going to happen, then I guess it is inevitable. And, and, and the argument is then, does the end justify the means? Right. right. That's and, the question. And also, is but it, is this it is a self-fulfilling <laughs> so, future where it's like, you know. It's yep. only happening because you're doing this or, you know, it's like we're marching towards this inevitable fate, but it's only because you're doing this or whatever. And I, I do enjoy stories about fate and like changing fate and and like and, and stuff like that. Like God of War has a lot of that. Ragnarok has a lot of themes of that as well. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so much that could be done here. Um, I very interested about this moving forward, um, but to try to uh kind of redirect uh, before, we, uh, before I start think, talking too much about the future <laughs> because I'm going to later on in a little <laughs> bit talk a little bit about the future. Um, a few other things about the movie. <laughs> Can we talk about MODOK a little bit? <laughs> I remember now seeing him in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom when, I, when, he, when he popped up. It's like, right. oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a couple things. Okay, so Modoc, I'm not like this person who's gonna be like, oh my god, they ruined Modoc. Modoc, at its best, at Modoc's best, is surprisingly good. <laughs> Most <laughs> of the time, though, he's can be a throwaway villain or a joke villain, like, honestly. And so all that I'm not really upset about, though... 
something that could have been done with the visualization, in my opinion. The visualization of Mordok needed some a different direction from from the start. Um, because they did this thing with Darren Cross, and I actually like this. I think this is very clean. Every now and then, when they like revamp a, a a character or change a character in this way, and it makes sense, I'm like, okay, I like this. That Darren Cross, when he got sent to the quantum realm and crushed down to this person, I actually like that. I do like that. The way it looks, though, did you, we were we were in the same theater when he lifted when he lifted his helmet up. What did everyone do? Laugh. It was a laughter. It was like a laughing Definitely. moment. You didn't like that, huh? No. Okay, so... Oh. <laughs> I no. thought it was just a complete joke. I thought that's what I, it was meant to be. Modoc. I think it's fine if, if an aspect of Modoc is a joke. But, okay, so Modoc should look grotesque. But not in this way is the, is the thing. Like I would not say he looked grotesque at all he just looked super goofy to me his face just stretched out it just there was something about it that just and, it, and the characters reacted to it in the same way but for different reasons i mean like i i feel like he should they should have went for a more monstrous look as far as like nope here's just darren cross and his face is just stretched out over this uh machine it's just yeah i didn't i didn't get that feeling at all i guess personally Oh, I just thought it, it just seemed bad. like complete comedy. Right. I mean, I they played it for laughs and there was a lot most of his character in this was played for laughs and honestly half like most of the time I thought it was funny. Like th- when he sacrifices himself and he was like you were like a brother to me. I was like, "Oh my god, that is so ridiculous." <laughs> and then he says the Avengers line and it carried me over to be like, "Okay, now it's just so ridiculous that it's funny actually to me where he's like, "At least I get to die an Avenger." <laughs> like that's <laughs> so stupid and ridiculous. It it actually like became funny. Yeah. It just felt like pure comedy to me. I didn't. I certainly didn't see anything grotesque. It was just complete silliness. Oh, absolutely, it was. I mean, there's yeah. nothing there to take seriously at all. With uh, with him, even like his speech or whatever, not speech, but that moment with him and Cassie, where it's like, just don't be a dick or whatever. I I don't really, you know, yeah. nothing really important was said there. It was just it was a complete farcical nothing really serious about it is the funny thing we're not to be sad when he dies we're not to feel anything when he changes allegiance we're just meant to laugh at him (laughs) which you know sometimes it'd be that way Modoc I guess but though I again I do think that is a clean origin for Modoc for him to be yellow jacket and that is what became of him that I think that is actually pretty smart I just you know that's what he's going to become next no no he's dead I think I think he's gone I don't think we're going to see him ever again Uh, I thought he was dead before (laughs) well I thought he was you're right (laughs) you're right um this is a complete silly thing but Kang's gloves Look like he's wearing like nitrile like medical gloves. Like kitchen mitts or something? I couldn't no, like the thin gloves like a nurse wears when she's like doing your prostate exam. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to take a look I at this. I kept thinking that when I kept seeing them. I'm like Really? Those just look like 
nitro gloves. Like, yeah. He's got his purple gloves. They just look thin. I wish they had been, like, thicker. They just, I don't know. They look goofy or just don't even have any gloves. That's really fun. I've got to look at it. I need, I'm trying to, like, find I'll, I'll look for it later, but i got to find an image of that. That's hilarious. There's, like, an IMDb where he's, like, got, got a... Uh, Paul Rudd's head like in a headlock and just mm-hmm. I don't know I kept seeing him like I can't take those gloves seriously that's funny and I, I got it I do need to point out uh, gloves aside <laughs> the <laughs> visual realization of Kang with his costume and how his helmet it kind of does the blue effect on him I love all that I think it, it's yeah. fantastic I didn't I'll have to look at the gloves <laughs> but everything else let's just say <laughs> For argument's sake, everything else I thought looked very freaking good. <laughs> and it gave me just a lot of those, like, oh, man, what a good costume. What Weren't Thanos' colors, like, purple and green? Are all the bad guys going to be purple and green? Yeah, Thanos, Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that happening. Evil if you're purple and green. I always think of those as, like, people ask, like, what are Halloween colors? I think those are two of them. You know, throw in orange and black, and there you go. Those are all of them. <laughs> so, God forbid anyone have be orange and green and purple and black. Yeah. I guess Thanos is a little more blue. His skin was purple, but his, his skin was purple. a little more blue. Eh, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. It doesn't match. But um, <laughs> a couple of things uh, I do want to bring up. Um. Bill Murray in this movie, you know, it's funny. He's only in this movie for like 10 minutes maybe, right? Right. I honestly thought he did a good job. A lot of times I feel like he sleeps through a lot of his roles. I actually thought he was good here, you know, when he was delivering those lines. I thought they felt sincere. And like, not just, I'm in this movie and I'm Bill Murray and I'm getting through it by just being Bill Murray. Where's the check? Where's my check now? it's kind of weird. He was in there for like 10 minutes and he felt like a character, not just I'm a cameo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job. Right. I'll say the acting in this movie all around was pretty solid. I mean, yeah. So maybe a Peyton Reed is, is, is that one of his strengths is directing some of these actors. I would have liked a little more action earlier in the movie. Like I complained about earlier. I I like the action at the end, but I just felt like there wasn't there wasn't quite enough in the beginning. There was a lot of like fall through the quantum zone and then we're just kinda like looking around for quite a while. Yeah. And you have yeah. like the one scene where they get like captured with Bill Murray, but other than that, there wasn't a lot of action in between. That tends to be a, a fault that a lot of like science fiction things fall into where like when someone's transported to somewhere there's a lot of whoa what's going on here that you kind of got to get through before yeah. people actually start your characters actually start doing things you know there's so much of them getting introduced to the world and yeah I agree especially since like what they're being introduced to doesn't really come into play too much like again the characters that Scott and Cassie meet. I mean, there were some funny lines. Like the, I like the guy. Um, I don't know the actor's name. I just know he's on in the Good Place. I guess, 
but mm-hmm. um, who can read minds. I thought he had some funny line deliveries. William Jackson Harper. I was just on his picture. What a fun name. Yeah. But uh, I thought he was quite funny. Um, but yeah, a lot of the other, these, these characters, it's like they'd come in at like, if they were like, if we we're being introduced to, like these characters and we're like, oh wow, we're feeling connected to them like the same way we would like Mantis, for instance, when we get connected to her and we're like, okay, I'm ready for her to be a part of the team. When these people are like storming the gates, I don't really feel much for them. So I would say, yeah, it doesn't justify a lot of this, these long kind of like, who are you? What are yeah. you doing here? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I hear you. But if they were Tell like, me your thoughts on the future, Jordan. All right, so here we go, Luke. Well, so first off, the fact that this king dies, you know, right? That's one thing. We're like, okay, I guess we're saying goodbye to this character, you know? I know there's other kings, yeah. but I wonder what they're going to be like. And then we get the the first mid-credit scene. All sorts of things, apparently. All sorts of things. And that makes sense. That Refresh me on it. I'm blanking well, on the middle credits one. All right, so in the middle credits, we get like the the Council of Kings. They're like, oh, big, that was the middle one. I thought that was the end one. <laughs> yeah, th- there's the end one. <laughs> okay, which, okay. Which like it's weird. Like uh, I, pff, with that end one, yeah, where you have the Pharaoh version of King, and then you have like the, I don't know what that other one was, and then there's like a more robotic version of him, and they're all giving like these wildly different performance ones, like. Mm-hmm. So we're going to call them, and the other one's like a lot more, you know, that. And then, then we have, we'll call the rest of us here. Right. I don't know what we're gonna get, man. Are we just playing? Are we shuffling through a deck? And like, I, the thing yeah. is, it's like, and I, I, that, I, I was wondering if that might have been something that. um interested Jonathan Majors in the role. Right, I mean, I, of course I, who's, it would. Who's going to turn down a role like this? But <laughs> if he did have any question about it, you know, maybe the fact that it's like, look, this isn't a one-dimensional character. As awesome as Thanos was, you're not Thanos. Because you have all these timelines now, you have all these multiverses, you can literally make up roles that you want to play and we can throw them in there. Right. So, kind of a cool thing for an actor. I want there to at least be like a Kang Prime that we can focus on. I mean, we can have other Kangs. I agree with that. Please let there be a Kang that we can focus on and we can. King Kang. King Kang. That's hilarious. (laughs) 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 But um, someone we could focus on and like have the question, like the conversations that we're having about the Kang in this movie. Like, oh, what is he thinking? These are his motives. This is maybe something he would do. Fine. I'll do it myself. (laughs) King Kang. Recycle that line. Right. Fine. I'll do it myself. King Kang. And he just does it after every Marvel movie, too. And I'll grab a blonde and take her to the top of the Empire State Building. Stop it. It's gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, it it worries me that, like, how many, like... So we had one at the end of Loki, right? And then he he dies. It's like, don't wait till you see the real me. And then we get this one here, and he dies. It's like, don't wait till you get to see the real me. And then an army shows up, and we're like, who... 
Because, yeah, again, yeah. It, it does course. feel like that reveal probably is to come because there has to be. There has right. to be somebody that speaks for Kang. And I think right. there's, there, I think they're going to introduce the person that's like really has the vision because somebody called them all. I, I, I can't buy that it's just that council of five of them. If it is, I'd say that's a big hole. I, that's yeah. a big, that's a big mistake. That Kevin Feige, that Marvel has made. If that's true, that's a big deal. If that's the case, they all feel like lackeys exactly at that right. point. That that's, I mean, that really waters down Kang a lot. Right. You can't just keep extinguishing Kangs every other time he shows up. Right. If so, it's just like, nah, okay. There goes another one. Another dude. Yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about it. I think you've raised some good points here. I right. agree. We have to establish what the threat of Kang is. We see, like, what he's done. And then we yeah. see one get stabbed by Sylvie, one get destroyed by Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, um, yeah, and then we're, we look at all these guys the and they're like, no, it's good. I'd like to remind you. What? Technically the ants. But yeah, well, I mean, I know that he, better he or worse him into it at the end, but it was completely because of what the ants did. Right. They, they definitely all ooped what uh, Hope and, and Scott slam dunked. The fact that the fact that Scott was able to take him on in hand to hand combat is is the hard part to, to swallow yeah. of that that end sequence. He does lose. He does lose technically. Had not yeah, hope come in right. with her yeah. zappers. Yeah. She kind of does the sacrificial play there at the end. Which, uh, before we get to that final in credit sequence, I, I do want to mention... Huh. I mean, like, we're there at the end. I know Scott and Hope. It's like, we know they love each other. But it was interesting how they have that, like, I love you, Hope, I love you, Scott, kind of moment. I'm all for these, like, declarations of love in a movie and all that stuff. But it just felt strange because they just weren't together the entire movie. And it wasn't, like, about where's Hope or anything like mm -hmm. that. It was for them they to really come together and do that. They really haven't worked hard on that whole romance throughout no. these three movies. Not really. Well, really, two movies. She wasn't even in the first one. Right. It's almost like... They skipped dating, you know what I mean? Like, they skipped all that stuff. It's like they went from, yeah. like, oh, I think I like him, oh, I like her, to <laughs> I love you, Hope, you know? Together. We're, we, yeah. we're in love, and we're going to get married in the next one or something like that. Man, they should have been stuck there. Anyways, um, that final final one, I liked it a lot. Like that is a for me. I thought that was an awesome tease. I don't know if that's a clip on, on into itself or if it's an actual scene that we're gonna see yeah. in Loki season two, and it's just a clip taken out of that. I have no idea, but that's what I, I do like. Think it would be cool to introduce King Kang in <laughs> Let's keep it Loki going. season two. I do think that would be a good place for it. It's the place you introduce them. And it would be a good way to introduce the next evolution of the one who remains, which Absolutely. I love. I honestly, I, I even love the one who remains better. I, I, it's just such a cool idea. It's so more mysterious than Kang the Conqueror. I just think it's so cool to be like, 
there is one that lies at the end of the timeline and he is the one who remains and i sorry that's a spoiler for loki if you haven't watched that oh, but please, if you haven't yeah. watched that i mean come on now you like We're, you should definitely watch the that embargo for spoilers <laughs> is is up it's been like two years uh, at loki that's just still it, it still blows me away how much i enjoyed that that season i i can't wait for the second one Right. Now I'm I'm extremely excited. Like the thought the thought for me of going to a being as godlike as Kang to that that's an interesting thing about him to be like no, he once was a man from earth, just a dude in the past. That is fun and that is interesting. That's mysterious. That's intriguing and yep. I can't wait to see that be explored. That's cool. And it would be fun if they explain some of that and be like this is you know, I I'm being silly, but this is the King Kang. And they kind of explained away the fact that, like, look, these other ones, they didn't know as much. They didn't, I, you know, I've I've eaten other Kangs or whatever, <laughs> whatever goofiness they do to explain, like, I've, I've absorbed the power of a thousand Kangs uh, in this body. If I hear a line like that, I swear, Luke, I'm, I'm coming. I'm not, I've eaten many Kangs. <laughs> <laughs> nom, 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 nom. He's just gonna be obese and have consumed other. <laughs> no, but but it, my my point is just that it would be cool if they explained away that like these were lesser versions, and then it would it, I just it would justify it a little bit better in my mind. It's Absolutely, like, okay, you know, it, I can understand that why the other the others were able to be beat and now this one is a much more avengers level threat because that's what they right. need to do you know and they have a lot more story to tell with kang so you know we have to give them credit um we we can only assume that they've held a lot a lot of other things um you know close to the vest and have more things up their sleeve and all those other metaphors but there the, you have to assume there has to be a lot more of those um to come because of how much more story there is to tell. It, it would it would be a real shame to think that we know enough to understand where where yes. the end of the story lies at this point, this many years off from Secret Wars and Avengers Kang, whatever it's called. So the I fact that a lot more coming. Right, I, I agree with you completely. You know, the, the fact that. Um, Kang was is the main villain of a full length movie already, and we're still talking like this with these many questions is something that's very interesting and unique, and it kind of like makes me like okay, that's why they picked this villain. It's just you know, I'm looking forward to what they have in store, um, and I I guess you know I'll I'll have to sit through moments that make my eyebrow go up like that mid credit scene that I was talking about and. Definitely didn't help to see all those kings. Wow! <laughs> Whatever. I was like, yeah. I was very much like, what? Yeah. Looking forward to it, though. You know, again, we were given a stellar performance here, and uh, I'm going to believe that what, what he has moving forward is going to be uh, pretty cool. So uh, I'm going to give him some faith here. Yeah. Okay. I'm tr I'm refreshing myself on what's coming. So, Avengers: The Kang Dynasty is set for May second, twenty twenty five. Avengers: Secret Wars is then May first, twenty twenty six, a year later. Okay. Hmm. 
So I was trying to remember if the Kang one, if the Kang Avengers movie was first or second. So it's crazy because so much can this can happen like before then. Like we can, we're getting like some pretty big movies. I mean, like the fact that like Fantastic Four, for instance, and we're gonna get a Doctor Doom, who might have a role to play here. It's crazy. So, yeah. anywho, good stuff. Looking forward to the future. Had a fun with this movie. It's a good start to this. And, uh, yeah. Anywho. Yep. A lot of good. A few negative. Indeed. Good overall. Right. What's uh, what's, uh, coming next as far as big releases or big events? Let's see. Release calendar. IMDb. I'm a debut. Cocaine bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks hilarious. I, I do want to see it. It does look funny. I don't know when I'll see it, but it does look really funny. Oh, Luke, this is something we yeah. haven't spoken about in private, much less on the Let's podcast. Uh, what did you think of that Flash trailer? It was something. Yeah. Apparently you had a heart attack. Dude, I... I what I heard. Yeah, I was... Uh, I screamed. <laughs> uh, I was... So Amber was putting the baby to sleep, and I was cooking dinner. And like she was in the middle of it, and I was like, ah, ah, like I, <laughs> I don't okay. know, I, 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 I maybe like, don't make that sound anymore on the podcast. Yeah, I didn't look at that <laughs> that e that e rating. That's um, for you and your private time, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I made a noise regardless. Yeah, it and, was uh, it was something. And Amber came in to check on me, uh, and I had to explain that I was because of the flash trailer. <laughs> it definitely. It definitely made me a lot more interested in the Flash. I mean, I you know, just what DC's done to me. I, my hopes have not been very high for any of their upcoming movies. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, I I will say that it it looks definitely like something that looks much better than what has come before. Right, absolutely for sure. It looks like they're doing a lot, which I feel like in DC movies you can't really yeah. say very often. I mean, like they don't. Well, they do. They do a well, lot. They, they don't do a lot right, though. They do a lot, and when the story doesn't dictate that they do a lot, you know, it's like this story has no room for this. We're gonna do it anyways. But this yeah. is like something huge. It's like a really big story. Um, the fact that they have Nolan-related Batman is very interesting to me. What the f, right? Yeah, that I was not expecting. Just to, just to let people know, the point where I exclaimed while watching the trailer is that moment with Batman to see him flying all over the place. That's something that's like how I remember Batman. You know, just to let people know, Michael Keaton is like, I'm not going to say he's the best Batman, but he is the Batman I grew up with. He was the one who I was like, oh my God, I yeah. love Batman. And I met him, you know, and so like to see that character doing all that crazy stuff and being at the forefront, I'm like, Oh my god, I'm so excited. I don't know. I mean, I know he's old. But with special effects, it, it, obviously from me reacting to the trailer, it can get me going. So, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I I was not expecting, first of all, I wasn't expecting Keaton to be such a prominent role in the trailer. Right. So he obviously plays a, a major role in the movie. But also, I did not expect there to be anything Nolan Batman related and for that to be right there front and center on the trailer. Was that yeah, him on the bike? Christian Bale, but 
they did show, you know, they showed a Nolan world and a Batman driving a motorcycle. So crazy. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, you could tell it was it was Nolan style filming. So yeah, with that bike. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you know, I I don't know what they reshot in this, but it would be nice, you know, if the, for for the fans of Snyder stuff, if this was some sort of swan song or whatever. It's like here's one last tribute to what we're saying goodbye to. I mean, obviously I know Aquaman 2's coming afterwards, right. but still, you know, if we're getting rid of this, here is a loving finale to that that even though it didn't come to fruition here is us wrapping that up goodbye ben affleck yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting how they do it it's just a strange thing to have a movie like this filmed and then all this change to come and now the movie's coming out right you know how much how many editorial decisions were made after the fact and you just i don't know there's so many questions I don't know if I knew or I forgot. I don't, I don't know, but like Zod being in it, I, I don't know if that's something I knew and forgot about, but I remember when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh my God, Zod's in this? Mm-hmm. I was shocked. See what's Michael his name Shannon. to be like referring to Zod? Right. In other words, he's not the Zod in that universe. That's kind of crazy. What in the world? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that, for good or ill, honestly. It could be crap, but I'm still, again, it's one of those things. i got to see what happens in this thing. It's definitely going to be a ride. We know Absolutely. that. Anywho, <laughs> that's our podcast. I had to, I, I, we had to discuss that, at least. I know there's a lot of trailers that happened on the Super Bowl, but that one was the one where I was like, yeah. I got to. We got to. We just got to. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, the we'll new see John Wick 4 trailer came out, and it's amazing. Oh, I need to watch it. I still need to watch <laughs> it. I didn't yeah. watch it. Um, said it. Go watch it. it. I will. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you.